0: Welcome to Waypoint's What's the Point podcast. I'm Erica Casalione, the Director of Women's Discipleship here at Waypoint, and I'm joined by a few friends. I'll let them introduce themselves.
1: I am Mary-Claire Derrickson. I am a child life specialist and work in the hospital setting. Um, Child life specialists really help families and children to understand their healthcare encounters. Um, And I have worked in the grief and bereavement space for many years.
2: And my name is uh, Kevin Pierce, and I am a chaplain at UNC Rex Hospital um, located in Raleigh. I've been a chaplain for about a year. I'm getting ready to go into my second year um, as a resident um, at UNC Rex. I work with a team of other chaplains, um, some that are fairly seasoned and some that are just uh, just as new as me.
3: And I am Peter Fry, one of the pastors here at Waypoint, and I think walking with people in the midst of a lot of pain and suffering has been a big piece of my journey, especially with my wife Mary, who has a genetic lung disease. We have a YouTube channel that has helped us connect with people around the globe with a lot of hard things. and. I think that's been part of my journey and part of what's shaped who I am as we approach this conversation.
0: All right. So we are going to be talking about grief and lament, and we'll talk a little bit more about what we mean by, by those words even. But we always start with an icebreaker. So today we're going to start with the one that we normally ask at our um Explore Waypoint. If you've been Explore Waypoint in the past couple of years, you've probably heard this question, but what is one thing that's brought you joy in the past week?
1: I had the opportunity to go to Wilmington, North Carolina on Saturday night and I got to see Nickel Creek live and mm. they are an incredible band. So, it was a highlight for sure.
2: Cool. I've never heard them. What's oh. what's what's the sound like?
1: uh folk bluegrass uh yeah folk would be i think the genre okay. technically
2: yeah. okay they're I'll, really good i'll they're be great. I'll, I'll be there <laughs> next year then great <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um for me uh a d- uh, week ago this past saturday i had a chance to go with my father we took a took a road trip to nashville mm. we were not performing we were actually there <laughs> to um to see um, a, a, a guy that is 85 years old um, and is still doing um, stand-up. Um, he does, I call it comedy music. It's Ray Stevens. Oh, it's okay. called the Cabaret. And I'm, I don't get any money from this. Um, <laughs> and it was it was a guy that I heard quite a bit when I was younger. Um, but it was something that my dad had really wanted to do. Oh. and. Uh, Didn't want him to go and do it by himself, and my dad and I had not had our trip this year, so so we uh, we took a trip there, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah,
3: Yeah. that's great. Well, speaking of father and son, I feel like every time this question comes (laughs) up around Waypoint about joy, I'm thinking of my kids these days, and Elijah is 19 months old, and. Just within the last couple of weeks, he is starting to use his words pretty, not proficiently, but um, consistently. And so he's, he started with his goodbye is bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. And so it it's oh. brings me a lot of joy.
0: That's very sweet. Well, one simple thing that brings me joy, um, it's Tuesday, and that means it's Taco Tuesday night at Chubby's Tacos, Mm -hmm. so I just went there before I came here, and um, I love it not just because we get $2 tacos, which is nice for our family, but we always see other people we know. Normally, we see at least two, three, four people from Waypoints and people from the boys' school, and it makes me feel like... You know we live in a small town or something and you know get to run into people at the the local taco joint so that brings me joy So So, so i thought that'd be a good question to start with even though we're talking about lament because joy and lament are not mutually exclusive but both important aspects of the christian life and life in general and a healthy spiritual life um so I want to say a little bit about what we mean by the word lament. Um, in one sense, lament is a type of prayer. Um, around a third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. Um, the whole book of Lamentations is lament. They're very raw and very honest, maybe even more raw than sometimes we would feel comfortable with they their complaints toward God. Um, most often they end in hope, uh, eventually. Um, but lament isn't just the prayers. It can be a season of life or a posture that sometimes you're in because of experiences or sometimes that you willingly enter into with another person. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit to give us a framework. Um, but I want to ask you guys, why did you agree to be on a podcast about grief and lament? Um, why do you think this topic's important? And of course, what experiences in your life? have um have taught you about this
2: so Uh, so for me i I mean just just to get some definitions out there as as i was going through and looking at this topic i mean one of the things i wanted to make sure that we bring into this um, talk about grief and lament is the fact that when, whenever I think about grief and lament, I also I also have to bring in the sense of loss mm-hmm. um, because loss, loss to me is always a part of, underlying part of grief and lament. We lose material possessions, house, car, we lose our job. Um, we lose our understanding of God. Um, we lose our way and we sin. Uh, we lose control of our bodies as we age. Um, and then you know we lose a friend or a relative to death. And so um, so for me, it's really important to have loss as a part of the, the conversation. And um, for me, another important thing in looking at this is that you know lament is not always something that is tied um, directly to something that I or someone has done egregiously. Mm-hmm. You know it's sometimes connected to, Something that has been been done to me, mm-hmm. or something that someone else has done, and then I'm just a part of that person's circle. Mm-hmm. Um, just, but just regardless of whether or not that is an aspect of it, um, it to me I always look at it as a, um, um, a a spiritual growth aspect um, that's there. And as I had said earlier on, um, I think my my work as a hospital chaplain, and then also do volunteer work with. Um, transitions life care I'm seeing a patient um, out at um, Crowsdale I've been seeing him goodness it's probably been uh, almost two years now Um, you know again through seeing him through seeing people um, in the hospital as a chaplain you know I'm with people in pain um, some who suffer um, others that are in the process of dying and die Mm -hmm. right in front of me Mm -hmm. Um, talking with patients Uh, With their families um, with their friends I've I've seen some who grieve and lament. Well Mm -hmm. um, Those who struggle and those who don't deal with it. Well Mm -hmm. Um, I've also dealt with pain and suffering and near death in my own life and Those family members who have also um, faced this Um, And we and we deal with it just like people within the hospital Mm -hmm. and so um, that really spurred my interest in and coming and sharing about my own experiences with grief and lament
1: yeah i um, appreciate everything thank you for sharing i learned many years ago in my work life uh, watching families and patients endure through true suffering physical suffering um that there was uh, grief was everywhere. It was just everywhere that you turned. It it was palpable, um, all around us. And it's also something that when you, when you aren't, um, actively experiencing grief or lament, you're not in a season of struggling. It can be very hard to know how to engage with people who are. Um, and so I kind of took a liking to wanting to figure out what does it look like to really walk with people in this season? Um, so I kind of nerded out on it and like went, back to school and got more certifications and things like that because I found that there was value in really learning. Um, Yes, academically, but um, to be able to apply that learning um, to my work and no matter what age you are, no matter what, no matter where you live, no matter um, what you go through in life, you will face loss. And different types of loss, but you will face loss, and and God even tells us in Scripture that we will suffer and that we will struggle. And so, I think that this is a really valuable topic. I think that this is needed, and it's not just something that is would be nice to think about, but it's something that we will all face at some point. Um, And so, resourcing ourselves um, to just have more of an awareness, and then. yeah, like Kevin said, uh, witnessing death really um, brings you to your knees in a lot of ways and in a really beautiful way, but also a very, very hard way. Um, and watching others kind of go through that process, uh, families who don't want their loved ones to go, to leave us, to, to die, um, and then how do they pick up the pieces afterwards Um, so all of those reasons and all of those things that I've been fortunate and honored to be a part of in, in my career are reasons of why I think that this is a really important conversation. Um, and then when you face your own situation where you are faced with loss, it can hit you in the face (laughs) and, um, it can feel surprising of, you know, all these things that I learned in, in a, class setting or that I studied or that I read about and then I was facing it head on um, and it it's very humbling so I think that um, I've really grown in my understanding of these topics grief and lament but I'm nowhere near mm-hmm. <laughs> you know my true and complete understanding of these things
2: that's very good I, I mean I think just to, I mean to add on to some of the some of what you were saying mary claire i think for me just i look at it this is you know it's important um, it's like how we grieve and lament um reflects our character mm-hmm. um, our growth and our witness um, and it also reflects god's goodness work and hope um if you know if something is painful or tragic um, that happens to a friend of mine and i'm sad or mad then it may be a sign that i'm Trying to control things.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. If I'm just if I don't break out of that cycle mm-hmm. of being sad or mad about it, it just it's a reflection of my character. Mm-hmm. Trying to control things, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think you know. Let's say that instead of staying mad or sad, I just I bury it and refuse to take it to God in prayer and to wrestle with it then I'm denying God the chance to teach me through it. Mm. And, um, you know, often as adults, adult Christians, you know, sometimes we can demonstrate to our kids and to non-Christians that we live our lives having to suffer from an abusive God Mm. or a God that is powerless. And I know that's not the way that we want to come across, Mm. but sometimes it's just, it's not, we don't think that, that's the way it can come across at times. Mm. Um, And so that's why I think it is really important that we we look at this topic and talk about it.
4: Yeah.
3: Mm. Yeah, that's good. One of my pastoral mentors is Eugene Peterson, Mm. and he says, suffering is not the worst thing, death is not the worst thing, failure to deal with those things is the worst thing. Mm. Mm. And that's why I think this conversation is so important because our culture has really tried to ignore Mm -hmm. issues of Mm -hmm. grief, loss, suffering, and death. And yet, it is part of our existence in this broken world. And I remember being a senior in high school. I was, uh, like it's vivid in my mind, sitting in the physics classroom and um, they had made an announcement at the school that three of our classmates had uh, died in a house fire Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. that night before and um, these weren't close friends but they were in my grade i had classes with them and my physics teacher is was Um, I was at a public school, but he was a believer. He knew I was a believer, and I kind of had somewhat of a chaplain role at my high school, Um, by default being uh, somewhat of an outspoken Christian who was planning to go into ministry. And um, MVP, Mr. Von Filt, uh, stood at the front of the class, and he said, I believe that there's more to this world than the pain and hurt that we feel. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to you a lot about that, but Peter would love to. Oh, wow. And he put me on the spot, and it was at that moment where I'm like, I do not know how to help people process this.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I know that but my faith gives me hope, mm-hmm. but I have no idea how to talk to my friends about that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think that propelled me as I headed into pastoral ministry. That still stands out as a moment in my life that propelled me. Part of not just my role as a pastor, but our role as believers in Jesus that believe that there's more to this world than suffering and death. Um, part of our role is to help people process that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so um, that's why I'm excited to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. I think um, I hope that by us talking about it, it can Mm -hmm. spark some more conversations and really help us be people who help other people process Mm -hmm. grief and loss.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for sharing. As you were talking, Peter reminded me of the verse that um, we're to be ready to share the hope we have. And I think often we use that for evangelism, which is mm-hmm. true. But I think also be ready to walk others through lament and grief mm-hmm. with the hope that we have. So, um, one of the reasons I want to have this podcast and host it is that learning how to lament has been really important in my own life. I've shared before in blog posts and prayers that. I've struggled at different seasons with depression and anxiety, and I remember the first time I had a really big bout of depression it was my first year out of college. I was overseas. I was ministering to others, and I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really thankful for the Psalms. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I really had dug in and saw how many um, were about suffering, and it gave me language, you know. Um, I'm, I drenched my bed with tears. Mm-hmm. Why won't you answer me? How long? The questions. Yeah. Um, it made me also, when I was able to get home, very thankful for uh, Christian counselors, therapists, mm-hmm. for those who are in the field of, of helping others through this. But, um, and I appreciate so much, you guys, that you would go into a field where you're willingly around grief and suffering. But also that all believers, whether... That's your job or not, like you were saying, Mary Claire, um, you're going to experience loss, you're going to experience pain. I mean, I've been in ministry in some form or another for, you know, about 24, 25 years. And one thing I've become convinced of is just life in a broken world is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, thankfully that there's joy and the light shines in the darkness and there's always things to celebrate. But yes, and mm-hmm. If you haven't yet, unfortunately, you will just because that's part of the brokenness and why we long for Jesus to return and make all things mm-hmm. right. So that's why I'm really excited about this conversation.
2: So, excuse me, just relate, related to that, I mean, just just you know, talking about your know, personal experience. Um, so, I mean, I've had my, my work experience, but um, it's. And I had alluded to it earlier. Um, I've had just the, the personal experience of, Um, having a death in the family and so Mm -hmm. so it's important to me to have this conversation because you know lament I've come to see just it hasn't always had a clear end Mm -hmm. Um, for example Mm -hmm. you know my sister was um, tragically murdered um, in December 2014 Mm -hmm. and to this day I still lament
4: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, in the first year I, I went through most of the seven stages of grief Mm-hmm. That you know, Kubler Ross talks about, mm-hmm. and you know, and again, not in any particular order, because mm-hmm. it's almost right. never in any particular <laughs> it's not order. Plenty-er. You go back and revisit, um, and from time to time, um, I'll see something that reminds me of her,
4: mm-hmm.
2: or wish she was around to talk to my daughters mm-hmm. as as they grow. Mm-hmm. Or wish that she was here to help care for our aging dad, mm. um, or wanting to see her working at the same hospital as I. It was one of her dreams um, to to move out of the hair care industry and move into nursing. She had entered mm-hmm. into nursing school, yeah. um, and that's when my sadness, my doubts, and my loneliness sets in, and, and I feel that, that that pressure in my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, God never closed out our lamenting session, yeah. <laughs> and He doesn't chastise me with, "Well, you should have learned that by now." Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's an open door, yeah. and I, I want others to know that too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah,
0: sure. And I'm sorry for your loss. And yeah. I think so often we think to say that when something's just happened, but like you said, it's ongoing mm-hmm. and. There's a word we don't use that much in the church anymore that used to be more common and it's long suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that I think we are aware of people's pain when an event happens, but that like you said, it's you, you always grieve things when you lose mm-hmm. someone and yeah, a couple of years ago when Danny's dad died tragically, I was faced for the first time of walking my kids through, mm-hmm. you know. Grief and lament, and Mm -hmm. and like you said, there's you can be fine, and then there's like little triggers or reminders that come up. So yeah, definitely. So what are some verses or passages of scripture or truths
1: that have helped you in lament? It's interesting. You kind of already mentioned this, Erica, but um, I think that those initial. Uh, sensations, feelings, emotions that come when we're faced with loss are so intense and they're a deep Mm -hmm. embodiment of the shock, the anger, the sadness, um, the true embodied mourning that I think grief is, M-O-U-R-N. And I find a lot of comfort in the Psalms where um, David is often crying out, how long, O Lord? Um, Mm -hmm. I think that I often will utilize those passages or send them to friends if they're going through loss because it reminds us that, like you're saying, Kevin, we, we should cry out to God, we can cry out to God, and He doesn't close that door on us. Um, and so those have been very helpful, I think, especially when those feelings come up, and it's very physical, right, and, and we don't know what to do with it. And so I've, I've found a lot of comfort um, in, those, in those passages of true lament. Yeah. Um,
0: Over the past few years, I've been taking a few um, seminary classes and one was called uh, Ministering to People in Pain. Mm. And we talked Mm. about um, the format of Psalms, of the Lament Psalms, and it was really helpful. Um, If you have a chance when we do the spiritual formation class again, we did this as a practice in the last one of Writing Your Own. But they almost always start with a complaint, and normally in the form of a question. You know, why are you so far off? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Or Jesus on the cross, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. Psalm 22. Then they ask for something like rescue, salvation, Mm -hmm. justice, (laughs) vindication, and then most, not all, but most, end finally with that word of hope, like yet, but I'll trust in you. Mm -hmm. You know, but that only comes after right. this like honest right. emotion. So yeah, that that was what I had thought mm-hmm. of too. And then one of uh, the psalm verses from Psalms that I always love is Psalm thirty four eighteen. It's the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. He rescues those Christian spirit. Mm-hmm. So I love that one.
2: Yeah, I wanna pull on something that you had said and and something you also you had you had shared with us the the quote from I'm going to butcher this poor guy's name, Mark <laughs> Verkop. Okay, we're just going to go with Mark V, okay? And I'm just I'm going to read the, the the quote that he has here. He says, Lament is a raw, honest prayer in pain that leads to trust. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to read that again. Lament is a raw, honest prayer in pain that leads to trust. Mm-hmm. And then I would just add on to that the sense of in Christ, uh, trust in Christ. Um, tying in with some of what you were saying with regard to the, to the Psalms and then also tying in with, you know, I get you know, quite a bit of support and what have you from um, the Psalm, I, as I was sharing with you, Mary Claire, earlier. Um, Psalm 46, um, uh, 10 and 11 says, Be still and know that I am God. Uh, the Lord of Hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: That that and then there's a song out by Stephen Curtis Chapman, um, Be Still and Know. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are always um, songs, scripture that I turn to, either when I just struggle with just sadness or um, bouts of depression um, or as I'm as I'm thinking through, you know how someone else might be experiencing um, some of their own grief, and, and they may not even know it, mm-hmm. and then it, it gives me a sense of this this needs to be um, a part of my prayer, the hope, the hope in mm-hmm. Christ, um, you know, mm-hmm. sort of propelling me forward. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. good. I think
3: that. Reality of the psalms that force us to be honest. I think we are emotional people. Um, emotions are very much a part of how we are created in God's image. Mm-hmm. And um, I think sometimes our tendency is to try to suppress that. Mm-hmm. And the psalms have been, for me, in many seasons and almost every season, a urging to my soul to be honest with the pain, Mm -hmm. to be um, almost a a brutal honesty. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, like Eugene Peterson says, we need to learn a way to cuss without cussing. (laughs) And the Psalms do that. Mm -hmm. They allow us to say, this is broken, this is messed up, and I can't make sense of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Psalm 73 says, truly God is good to Israel, but as for me, I nearly stumbled. Like, I cannot hold on to that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think part of having this conversation in the church is recognizing that true, genuine faith does not ignore those emotions, Mm -hmm. but it grapples with it Mm -hmm. and it sits in it. And sometimes it doesn't even end at a well-tied-up solution. Right. And that's what my soul needs at times. Yeah. Um, Because at the end of the day, like, I have this hope that, still has me in a broken world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that requires lament.
1: Yeah. I was actually nervous about this question if I can be honest because I was worried that I was going to sit here and you guys were going to just spout off so many scriptures about, you know, like true hope on the other side mm-hmm. of it, right? And I was like, well, I'm going to be the <laughs> the bad Christian <laughs> that is like, oh, I actually cling to the Psalms. Um so I'm encouraged to hear everyone's perspective. I think it would be lost on us though if we didn't if we didn't recognize that Scripture also talks a lot about what we gain in our suffering, Mm -hmm. um, that it is for our good and for His glory. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are very hard verses to read Mm -hmm. sometimes, and especially in a season of lament, it's very hard to read those and say, oh, this is for my good, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that that is is the hope that we can cling to, and so Mm -hmm. it's all throughout Scripture, but especially, like, I think of so many... Passages in the New Testament are um, Peter and Paul write about our suffering and, and really what it will produce in us and the character that it will bring if we can rely on Christ in these times of true lament and mourning. And
2: I, I think, too, about just how Christ, when he, was, when he was with his disciples, just knowing what they were going to be facing with him leaving— I mean we already I mean they were already facing it mm-hmm. with with him there. He right. faced it. Mm-hmm. But I just it's to me it's just so beautiful in John 15:26 to 27 it says the the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Mm-hmm. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And that to me is, is this sense of God in Jesus recognizing the, the painful, broken world that we were going to be living in. And just his sense of, I'm not leaving you alone. Hmm. You're not alone. And guys, this is not just for you. This is for you as you go out and you minister. Because mm-hmm. the Sermon on the Mount is still coming to their mind. Stuff like, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you go out, as you need to be there. Not just moving past opportunities, but these are, you know, God is teaching you through mm-hmm. the, the, the understandable and the non-understandable stuff. Because yeah. uh, there's a lot that we don't understand.
0: I love that. And I love that you bring up the role of the Holy Spirit in us Mm -hmm. in suffering and helping others in their suffering too. Mm -hmm. And that we have, that's what I was thinking of right before you said that, is that we have a picture of Jesus Mm -hmm. lamenting and grieving and suffering and honestly pouring out his heart to God if Mm -hmm. there's another way. And then we also have Jesus triumphing over death and pain and all these things too, like both, you know, keeping those in mind. So why do you think it's hard for people to practice lament and why do you think it's um, hard sometimes in the church like why don't we see this much in the church assuming that we don't I feel like yeah
1: it's a good question (laughs) I think it it brings up a lot it's kind of a loaded question Um, I think uh, just if you take kind of out of the context of church and you just think about us as people, us as mm-hmm. human beings. Um, like Peter said, we, are, we don't engage in these places and spaces. We don't choose to enter into suffering often. Um, we, we want to stay in the happy, the good, the joy. Um, it, it feels better, right? But mm-hmm. as we know, um, grief does not discriminate. And so it will find us um, in many ways at many times. And what's interesting is when you study grief, um, you know the the very famous grief cycle that um, Mm -hmm. we talk about from the psychologist that Kevin mentioned earlier, Elizabeth Kubler Ross. She developed that uh, the study and the understanding of the grief cycle in 1969. It's very Mm -hmm. recent, and Mm -hmm. so we think about how. I mean praise God, the scriptures were written so long ago and, and give us kind of a picture into this world of suffering and lament and how how to do it well. But even um, I just, I'm struck by kind of how there isn't a lot of study out there. There isn't a lot of understanding because it's, it's almost impossible to understand truly um, what true suffering and mourning and lament brings in us and through us and with us. And so um, I think that, there is uh, a sense of feeling uncomfortable um, with these topics, which is understandable. I also think that there's a lot of times where people are wondering, what do I do? Because we are fixers, we are people that want to make the situation better for our friends and our family, <coughs> and so we're looking for a checklist. Um, and oftentimes, um, at least for from what my experience was being raised in the church and um, I kind of tended towards wanting to perform a certain way in order to earn favor mm-hmm. with God. And so uh, suffering doesn't feel like um, something that brings me closer to Him because it's it feels negative. And so if something mm-hmm. is negative, can it be in the presence of the Lord? And I struggled with that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder if there's just a hint of that kind of left in us um, as believers in the church. I don't know. Um, but I think that we also are afraid of um, messing up our witness mm-hmm. <laughs> Of uh, if we don't have these honest conversations, if we can't truly say that we are stuck in these really hard places that somehow, somehow that our experience in that um, would bring someone farther away from the mercy and grace of God when in reality, like Peter was sharing earlier, uh, we will be in these periods of suffering. And it, I think that that, um, that picture for others around us is really beautiful to see how we can meet God in that and how he has remained present with us. The Holy Spirit is, is within us and around us and through us. And so because of that, um, we can lament and we can mm-hmm. grieve and it can be hard and really messy and we can be stuck in it. And yet there's hope on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's hard. I think that it's something that we're not sure how to engage with it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, I think when I think of just the difficulties with practicing lament, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with the the two of you. I mean, It's it's just flat out hard Mm -hmm. to be open with with intense emotions with people. Mm -hmm. I I would like to say all, but or I would just say most people Mm -hmm. I would gather are have a hard time with that, and because it brings in a sense of um, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just as you were saying, Mary Claire, what does it speak negatively to our our witness right. aren't, aren't we as christians supposed to be confident right. mm-hmm. in the power of god mm-hmm. does it show our sense of you know uh, our lack of faith or does it show a sense of god's lack of ability for us to to, to be to be vulnerable to to right. to lose it right. mm-hmm. um, i mean i think two mm-hmm. of you know families that um, where, you know, there's like, there's a death in the family and, and, and maybe, you know, a spouse is like, well, I can't cry in front of my kids because it's going to make them cry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sense of being uncomfortable with being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a chaplain, I've seen the other side of it too, you know, where, where people, they, they, they hold a grudge. still want to hold a grudge against their family member even as they're dying and just the uncomfortableness of that um and then i've seen others who have had fractured relationships with a family member and were never taught how to be vulnerable with a family member um but but yet there's it's just it's been really um eye-opening and and sad to see People who they they get to the end of their life, um, and they have you know, continued to put off
4: hmm.
2: put off things. And I know I'm speaking just about the the, the whole aspect of dying and stuff here, which is not what every you know mm-hmm. lament and stuff is about. But it is a large part of what I have seen within the hospital, and mm-hmm. um, and and then to see the people who. They they have come into this not perfect. They they they're 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 crying. They're losing it. Um, they're holding on to the hand of their their husband as as he's as he's dying. But there's something there was something in this um, elderly lady's voice. One particular one that I remember that said, I, I, "I'm really sad that, that God is taking him now." But I'm, I'm comforted with the fact that he has put his hope in him, mm-hmm. but still wanting to be right there right. Mm-hmm. by his side, mm-hmm. sort of that, that tension yep. of, of, of the, the, the here and now and the, the I don't know exactly how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's it? What does he feel? Right. What just a lot of that, mm-hmm. that being on some of the uncomfortableness with the laments. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting cultural and
3: sociological observation as you look at the way the evangelical church has, in some ways, there is water dripping from the ceiling. (laughs) We might want to look into that. Uh, So it's an interesting observation that the... Evangelical church has largely sanitized the church of death and suffering. Yeah. We've tried to well, one there used to be a graveyard mm-hmm. that you walk through to get to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. and it used to be something that you came face to face with, and and I I think that there is validity to a lot of um, modes and methods of end of life, but. The movement toward memorial services rather than say having a a traditional funeral service or a casket and having a body present and some of these things are symptoms of our culture's dismissal of we don't even want to talk about it. We don't want to look at it. We don't want to think about it. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, by and large, that's done a disservice to the church, because almost like Mary Claire said when we were talking about Bible passages, like, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer <laughs> when it comes to, like, I'm, I'm resonating with the ones that are messy yeah. and full of grief. Um, and so in some ways, I think it's, it beckons us as a church to wrestle with, how do we make the church a Safe, not only a safe place to lament, mm-hmm. but a place that welcomes lament. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is um, part of part of who we are, maybe even in the songs that we sing, mm-hmm. in the way we structure our worship services, even in the the words that we use, I'll never forget being in a worship service the week that my grandmother was dying. And the worship leader said, Where, whatever you're, you're bringing into the room today, I want you to leave it at the door. Ooh. And I said, I cannot do that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And part of, like going back to the Psalms, is the Psalms teach us, and I think all of Scripture teaches us, that we don't leave our suffering and our grief and our lament at the door when we come to worship. They're actually the heart of it. Mm-hmm. We don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness, but he was tempted and tried in every way, and so then let us approach the throne of grace to find Mm -hmm. help in our time of need. And so the very fact that the suffering is at the very center of the gospel Mm -hmm. reminds us that I think in some ways it still needs to be the very center of the life of the church.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you for everything you guys are sharing. It definitely resonates. And as you were saying, Peter, like having room for that in our service. I, you know, even as we were talking about the Psalms, if a third of the Psalms are about lament, does our worship set, our songbook reflect that? Because I know, yeah, when you're really struggling with something, and there's only happy music Mm -hmm. that can that can hurt worse. There has to be spaces for Mm -hmm. both. Another thing that came to mind, as you guys were sharing, too, it's also, I think, a community issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you were saying, Kevin, like people don't want to be vulnerable. Well, I think about the people that I'm the most comfortable being vulnerable with, it kind of goes out in circles, like, you know, like Danny, then maybe a few of my best friends and the kids, Mm -hmm. maybe a few more. But who are we letting into, or are we getting to know each other in other times so that when sorrow comes loss comes you have a safe place to Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable as well yeah so um i look forward as we continue this conversation too in the church how can we grow in this Um, what are some other practical advice that you might have some resources or things for people who are personally experiencing grief but also as we choose to walk alongside other people, because that can be something that we're the most uncomfortable with. You know, we don't know what to say or do. What are some What's some advice that you might give?
2: Well, I'm going to springboard off of what you you were saying with regard to um, the church being a part. Uh, and mm-hmm. I mean, and I thought about I thought I had something. Uh, I had a, a notion earlier to, to mention it, but I thought I'll, I'll wait and I put say it now. Um, lamenting is not something that I think God is God calls us to to do to do alone, and we've mm-hmm. talked we've talked about that, but I, I yeah. want to put you know particular importance on this. I mean, as far as um, practicing lamenting, um, I mean I, th- I think you know just practically speaking. Um, you know we, we have to make ourselves um, we have to put ourselves out there and see the opportunities and stuff for example if if there's someone within the church that that is you know going to a doctor's appointment and it's something that they're doing on a regular basis you know traveling with them so that you're, you're a part of that so that you're basically making yourself a part of their life mm-hmm. and um, and just you know the fact that you know when you're when you're going and you're doing stuff with them recognizing that this is not one of those times where okay you're gonna meet with them you're gonna pray for them to be healed and you're gonna leave mm-hmm. no, this is this is an opportunity for you to see that there is so much more that ways in which God is working within that person's life same thing applies like for me when I'm in the hospital and I'm, I'm working, I mean, even with someone who is in the process of dying, I mean, it's really not all just about that. I mean, one of the guys that I was um, was with, I mean, he actually was, was not responsive, but his, his wife was there, and she was very concerned about the daughter that was traveling in. So we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't dismiss that and go, you know, she'll be here. I gave her the space to be able to do that, and I think we need to provide that space and just recognize that you know people um, who are you know going through um, you know either just acute issues or um, something that's a little more long term um, they have stuff they have kids possibly they have the day to day that they're concerned about that you can that you can be praying for them and being a part of part of their life. And don't be surprised if, in the process of doing that, you start feeling some of the pain too. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is is yep. the sense of okay, mm-hmm. you're you're really beginning to understand. Mm-hmm. I'm beginning to understand what does it mean to lament with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then that even tees it up for the sense of. Okay, now you can begin inviting other people in to be, to be a part of that same um, community of, of supporting the person who's going through it. Um, again, not from the standpoint of a project, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a person that you're knowing. And then it goes a step further. Then it, it prepares you for being the one who is lamenting things that mm-hmm. maybe you have put off lamenting in your life. Things that happen to you—the grandma that 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 died, or the the friend that died in high school—and you you put it aside either because it was uncomfortable or because people told you move on. Mm-hmm. Don't hang on to it. Mm-hmm. Don't don't wallow in it. You they know wouldn't that. Wouldn't want you to language. feel
1: that way. They wouldn't want you to be suffering. <laughs> no,
2: no, just yeah. And, and, and then, you know, then invite God into that that sense of, okay, maybe I need to revisit this.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then pray to him again and see, see where he takes you and then see what kind of community you have around you that is now supporting you because we constantly go back and forth between being there to support people and being the one who is supported.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I recognize that I, I, you know, there's a privilege to being in a space where we do this as our vocation, um, because I think that the experiences that we've been through, we've learned, and um, so I I try to recognize that and say that it's an honor to do the work that I do on a day-to-day basis, um, but because of that, I've had the opportunity to learn a lot and to... Um, some of it's that experiential knowledge piece where you're you're living it, so you're learning it. Um, but I also think that there is a lot of, we need to put a lot of importance on the idea of having these conversations, learning and growing and understanding more about what grief does to all of us, our, our heart, our mind, our body, our soul. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you are in a place of loss, you can't you can't fully uh, come to that self-examination, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're feeling it, you're experiencing it. So there, there isn't a lot of room for a lot of learning in the moment. You can learn a lot and look back on those experiences. But mm-hmm. I think it's so hard to be sitting in the middle of it and not know where to turn, what to do, or even what you're physically feeling, what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to know that our bodies hold on to grief more than our minds <laughs> and so our bodies will might uh, express or, or, or feel a sense of grief or longing or lament um, tied up to an anniversary of something or there's a smell outside that reminds you of someone that you've lost or um even, you know, the long suffering that I think all of the world faced with COVID. There's a lot of processing mm-hmm. and, and the grieving process that I think all of us are doing looking back on that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our bodies are holding on to it. And it's what do we do with it whenever it comes up? Um, do we suppress it? Do we say it, it doesn't have um, the time and space that it needs? Uh, and, and so what would we do with our friend? I always kind of think, what would my friend say to me in this situation? Mm-hmm. I think we can be harder on ourselves in times of mourning and times of, of loss, um, than our friends are with us or than, than God is with us. Um, I also think that, um, there, there's a lot of things that you should say and shouldn't say, right? Mm -hmm. Just (laughs) with any, anything in life. Uh, but there is a helpful book. It's a very easy read. Um, very practical book written by Nancy Guthrie but it's What Grieving People Wish You Knew About What Really Helps and What Really Hurts it's a very Uh long title but and it's truly just kind of these ideas of what could I say what should I say whenever I'm walking alongside someone else Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that if we are kind of entering into this community with one another and living life together our life is going to be full of suffering and so um, because of that, sometimes it's really easy to have an assumption of what someone else's grief experience will look like.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I would say one of the the best things to do is to not enter into any conversation or situation with an expectation of their grief or an assumption of what it will look like for them. Um, and so I think when we can kind of bring the walls down and just be very vulnerable and very real about our experiences, but also the experiences of those around us, and allow them to live it out um, in the embodied way that that grief and lament shows up. Then it really can um, produce goodness in us and fruit um, that we can see in life later on.
3: Yeah, I think there's three important elements to include in our practical. Outworking of lament in the church and one is honesty and I, I think we, we've hit on this like that's part of what lament is it's being honest with our emotions um, and so it's creating spaces even in conversations or community groups or um, in regular rhythms of life where we are honest where do we feel the brokenness of the world around us Where do we see the injustice of the world around us? Like sitting in some of that, I think, uh, creating spaces for that. And then so honesty, hope is really not a a, a trite answer to those things. It's a believing that that's not all that there is. Um, I often tell people that the resurrection is a historical reality that points us to a future hope that changes how we see our present experience. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean we have a smile or that um, joy looks like laughter. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the midst of those things, we can hold on to hope in saying, there is more to what I see and feel and experience right now. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and this is where I think, as we think about what does this look like, It's mystery. I think part of lament is acknowledging that we don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. And as we try to lament with one another, Mary Claire, you hit on this so eloquently. Like, we're not going to have a perfect category for how Kevin is going to handle the loss that he's experiencing even in the workplace. And so there's a mystery there. And I think just as the body of Christ, we need to live into that reality. Mm -hmm. There's mystery when it comes to the world is broken. That's not all that there is. And we don't have all the answers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it also would be lost on us if we didn't just acknowledge that There's mystery and there's so much complexity. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many types of grievers. There's types Mm -hmm. of grief. There's, you know, there's this ambiguous grief cycle that we talk about, but it's not linear, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that there's so many things to point out about the complexity of this and how God, uh, He designed it that way. We don't have the Mm -hmm. answers for why, um, not on this side of heaven, but uh, that was intentional in His design. Um, And I also think that um, if you're in a place of, grieving or lament, um, you need to be reminded that it is not sinful. Mm, I think it yes. feels mm, yes. wrong at times and mm. it feels so far from the Lord or this isn't his character. Um, but it is not sinful. Um, what it is, you know, grief is so many other things that's ever present. It, it stays with us, but it's also ever changing. Um, it molds us, it shapes us, it, it, repositions us right um it's exposing it's all of these things that maybe are really hard to to think about and to experience but it is not sinful
4: right Mm.
1: it also gives us compassion for others i think Mm -hmm. if Mm. i hadn't
0: suffered myself yeah in some ways i wouldn't be able to understand or feel things for others i'm so thankful that all three of you agreed to do this podcast because as you're sharing i'm already thinking like I want to go back and listen and like pause and write some of this down. But yeah, everything that you're sharing has been so helpful for me too. Um, There's not that much I would add. I would say um, some thoughts I had with personally experiencing lament is that music can be really helpful. Like Mm -hmm. even if you're not um, a musician just listening. I was, we were talking earlier of a lament podcast. I go back, I mean, playlist, I go back to and add to and certain seasons, certain songs are really helpful. Um, And don't grieve alone. You already said that, Mm -hmm. Kevin, but Mm -hmm. so important like that. I mean, I think we forget all of scripture was to to be practiced and read and experienced in community too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think um, we've already shared this too, the honesty, um, but don't forget the light does shine in the darkness, the hope. And then as we're walking along with other people, um, again, we've already hit on this, but um, there's no set timeline that it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, and that people experience it within their personality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, like you were saying about what to say, like, you know, avoiding the platitudes or, you know, the simple answers, our tendency to want to tie it up with a bow or, you know... um, but sometimes and sometimes that means admitting i've even said before like i'm a little scared of saying the wrong thing or like Mm -hmm. please forgive me if i you know you know because sometimes don't let your fear of saying the wrong thing keep you um away sometimes just
1: being present is all yeah anyone if you want a practical question that you can ask instead of how are you Mm -hmm. or what can i do for you it's how is your grief feel today or how is your grief showing up today? Mm. Um, and that's in that book that Nancy Guthrie wrote, but I can't take credit for it. But it is, I think that you're right about there's so many things that, um, that we could say, that we want to say, we're not sure how to say. And, and that's okay. I think being mm-hmm. honest about that is, is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, reminding people that we're learning with them, we're growing with them, we're walking with them um, intentionally. I also think that uh, there's a lot of study behind the importance of uh, the idea of tradition or rituals or liturgy. um, Liturgy is more of a Christian term, but uh, tied to experiencing loss. Um, And so I would encourage that if there is uh, an individual or or someone in your life that is facing loss or that has faced loss, um, helping them to kind of Think around, you know, is there something that we want to do um, to honor this individual, to honor this situation, this circumstance? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there a certain food that your grandma loved that we can make together mm-hmm. um, on the anniversary of her death, or things like that? I think that um, really draw us back into those places, and it can feel scary to go back, but there's so much beauty that we can find in the the memory, or in even just the acknowledgement that. That loss occurred um, and that it reshaped us um, in a lot of ways.
3: Yeah. And I think as we think about walking with people in seasons of lament, I think it's important to acknowledge one of the most powerful ministries that we have is just the ministry of presence and Mm -hmm. silence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it you know, Job's friends, their best moment is when yeah. they sat in silence with him. Yeah. And um, I think that that is probably a practice that I need to develop more and close my mouth and just sit. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, as we wrap up, um, our hope for this podcast is that this would be the beginning of a conversation. And please, you can seek out any of us here to talk more. Um Also, if you are going through something, please let, let others know, Mm -hmm. uh, the prayer team would love to pray for you. The, the pastors, other leaders would love to walk alongside you. Um, and now I just wanted to ask those of you who are with me, if there's anything else
1: you'd like to add as we wrap up. I think just a quick caveat. Um, this conversation is beautiful and wonderful, but it's a whole different ballgame talking about children and grief. It could be a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Um, And so I want to also validate that if you are watching your children grieve, um, it is very complex and confusing. And a lot of times we don't know what to do. Um, Please find me because I have lots of resources and lots of things to kind of help navigate um, these young minds and these developing bodies of how they are going to experience grief and loss because it looks different, and praise God, we uh, we have further understanding and clarity through um, through our experiences, but also what God has taught us in His Word. Uh, but our little ones don't have that, and so, yeah.
3: And I think we've talked about some heavy topics of grief and loss and lament. And one thing that Mary and I are really passionate about is when it comes to suffering or grief or loss, comparison is not good oh yeah it diminishes it we so we are so prone to diminish our own experience of those things and so you might be listening to this and it's simply the loss of a dream that you've, you you yeah. had mm. and that it seems it seems trivial yeah. when we're talking about death right but that is something i think as we talk about lament like mm. what what i want to encourage all of us is those are spaces to enter into lament yeah. and not diminish or trivialize the real emotions that accompany yeah. some things that we might even ourselves consider trivial.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: That's 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 excellent. And I hate to end on this note, but I do think it's 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 become very important for me, especially within within the chaplaincy, is um, I, I would like to for us to have more conversations on. How to, how to walk with people in, in hospice care. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it is, it's, a, it's a dirty word um, for many people, but I can tell you um, having a mother who had gone through hospice, and my dad and I and my mom's little puppy dog was even a part of it. Yeah. Um, it, it brings about great healing. It, it brings a lot of dignity. Um, to her to her last days Mm -hmm. um, and just seeing how community some community there that fed us that we didn't even know how it how it all came together to to serve and it just was just very beautiful so I I personally that's that's my area of wanting to continue the conversation so Mm -hmm. thank y'all
0: yeah all right and to close us Uh, Mary Claire has brought in a resource that I highly recommend. Uh, Every Moment Holy is a book of liturgies. There's um, a volume one and volume two. And volume two deals directly with grief. And she's gonna close us with a prayer.
1: Do not be distant, O Lord, lest I find this burden of loss too heavy and shrink from the necessary experience of my grief. Do not be distant, O Lord, lest I become so mired in yesterday's hurts that I miss entirely the living gifts this day might hold. Let me neither ignore my pain, pretending all is okay when it isn't, nor coddle and magnify my pain so that I dull my capacity to experience all that remains good in this life. For joy that denies sorrow is neither hard won, nor true, nor eternal. It is not real joy at all and sorrow that refuses to make space for the return of joy and hope, in the end becomes nothing more than a temple for the worship of my own woundedness. So give me strength, O God, to feel this grief deeply, never to hide my heart from it, and give me also hope enough to remain open to surprising encounters with joy, as one on a woodland path might stumble suddenly into dapplings of golden light. Amidst the pain that lades these days, give me courage, O Lord, courage to live them fully, to love and to allow myself to be loved, to remember, grieve, and honor what was, to live with thanksgiving in what is, and to invest in the hope of what will be. Be at work gilding these long heartbreaks with the advent of new joys, good friendships, true fellowships, unexpected delight. Remind me again and again of your goodness, your presence, your promises. For this is who we are, a people of the promise, a people shaped in the image of God whose very being generates all joy in the universe, yet who also weeps and grieves its brokenness. So we, your children, are also at liberty to lament our losses, even as we simultaneously rejoice in the hope of their coming restoration. Let me learn now, O Lord, to do this as naturally as the inhale and exhale of a single breath to breathe out sorrow, to breathe in joy, to breathe out lament, to breathe in hope, to breathe out pain, to breathe in comfort, to breathe out sorrow, to breathe in joy, and to breathe out joy. In one hand, I grasp the burden of my grief, while with the other, I reach for the hope of grief's redemption. And here, between the tension of the two, between what was and what will be, In the very is of now, let my heart be surprised by, shaped by, warmed by, remade by the same joy that forever wells within and radiates from your heart, O God. Amen. Amen.